Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the main event. You're here again with me, Daniel. And Aaron. Aaron, we are now at the business end of the season. The quarterfinals are just over the horizon. And we've got a big podcast today because we are both using a wild card. Are you excited? I'm more nervous than excited, I think. I think, like, when it gets to this point and I'm using my wild card, I always end up overthinking. And then the players that I take out in my first draft are normally the ones that do better. So I need to let everyone into my mind so that you can see and hopefully uh, the grade and curse does not strike and that you just get some good picks. I'm not picking anyone that you recommend, Aaron. I do <laughs> not want the grade and curse, but also I do understand the apprehension. And yet I think the one thing to remember is it doesn't need to be perfect. There are so many people that aren't going to be using a wild card that are just going to have to have makeshift teams. So there's a lot less pressure. Just have some fun with it. I think that's going to be uh, the main thing to get from this. But yeah. we are going to basically, for this podcast, go through the games as per usual. Who are the who are the informed teams after, I suppose, just this weekend, really, with the international break? And then we'll go through our wildcard teams at the very, very end, at least our draft wildcard teams as they stand. Aaron, I wrote my notes during the week and already so much has changed. But I think for anyone that hasn't been keeping up to date, it'll be quite good to go through everything. So let's start with Real Madrid versus Liverpool. This is a lovely fixture where both teams seem to now be able to play a little bit more like themselves. Liverpool with a really good result against Arsenal, 3-0. And Real Madrid winning 2-0 at the weekend as well. So at least the both teams are coming into this game with a win. How do you think this one's looking? I'm quite excited for this one. Although one of the big storylines was obviously the grudge and re revenge between Salah and Ramos. And then, of course, we get the news that Sergio Ramos is going to miss both ties due to a muscle injury in the international break. I think that's one of the most annoying things is that, like what you said, we are looking at kind of just this past weekend because the international break has kind of thrown us all off a little bit um, and have the Champions League returning straight away has probably messed a few teams over. But with the quality that all these teams have, I don't think it's going to cause too much of an impact overall. But with Real Madrid losing their captain, it could be massive, especially in the form that Liverpool's front three are on. Yeah, especially with with Jota coming into form, his performance against Arsenal makes him, for me, a surefire pick. We will get to see the teams for Real Madrid and Liverpool and Man City and Dortmund before the deadline. So just for the benefit of the rest of the podcast, I don't have to keep on saying it, but those four teams... We might say multiple players in multiple positions. We might say this player is perfect for us. However, do check an hour before kickoff. The team sheets will be out and then you can make any changes accordingly. And my first sort of tip for anyone wildcarding or anyone looking to make transfers is make a shortlist of the players that you want. Maybe try and put them into brackets. Maybe make a few teams so that when you see the starting lineups, you are prepared. You know who you're going to pick. That would be my best bit of advice. Don't rush into anything, but have your options set so that 
an hour beforehand, you don't panic and think, Jota's not playing, who can I have in? You should already have someone there. But as it stands, Jota is arguably the first midfielder for me that I'm that I'm going to be getting. And with Salah playing the way he's playing, or certainly with his performance yesterday as well, I may want to get in on that. And for me, there was a little bit of a um and an R and I couldn't afford Ramos and Salah. And this totally made up my mind. With Ramos's injury, Real Madrid's defence is severely weakened and therefore Liverpool attackers automatically have an advantage, especially with how good they are. I think something that I noticed on the weekend and I think just something to note as well is that some player, some of these teams have not played their full strength starting eleven. Uh, we'll touch on them later, but Porto have definitely rested a lot of their players. Uh, and I think uh, with Real Madrid... The back three that they played, Militao and Nacho are both below 5 million, which could be nice as well because we know that Salah, as great as he is, like a scoring record, he does need a lot of chances and he can give away the ball quite sloppily. Having a defender for under 5 million for for these two ties could be good in terms of trying to prioritise your midfield and forwards. So they're two defenders that I've got my eye on. Marcelo started, but I, I'm not reading too much into that. He's very hit or miss. I think Ferlan Mendy will still keep his place. Varane was on the bench, so he'll probably come in for the Liverpool game. He was probably just getting rested from the international break. But Militao and Nacho are definitely two people that I've got my eye on. I think Militao's the cheapest. I think he's 4.6. So uh, I'll be able to check the, the starting 11, like what you said, and he might be someone who I'm looking at because of how cheap he is. But obviously yeah. the risk the risk with that is that if Real Madrid get knocked out, trying to find someone around that price without having to rip up my whole team. Well, I think a good option may be, if you're looking to go big in midfield and up front, I'm certainly looking to go big up front. You can sort of edge your bets a little bit, Aaron, because Nat Phillips... And Kabak are both four and a half million. Mm-hmm. So I think if you went with one, I'm looking at Phillips at the minute because I think his ball recoveries will be massive. Yeah, I was wanting to bring that up actually. Uh, which of the two centre backs would you choose? Either Kabak, who's probably like he's more of the safe starter. He's been he's been starting more regularly. But Phillips, I've seen the stats on his aerial duels. And it's something ridiculous, like in the high 80s, low 90% win rate. Yeah. That could be pivotal for the way that Real Madrid play. Lots of wingers, lots of crosses into Benzema. What kind of things are you thinking about when you've chosen Phillips over Kabak right now? For me, I've just chosen the fact that I think he's more capable of ball recovery points. Like you say, aerial duels. That being said, obviously... I think if there was another centre-back to come back to fitness, I've, I don't know when Van Dyke or Gomez are due to be back. I don't know if that's going to be much later on in the competition. But if any of one of them do come back, Phillips is going to be the one to make way. If if um, Fabinho drops back in there, Phillips will be the one to make way. So I definitely think Phillips is the more risky choice. But... I'm on a wild card and I get 15 players. This is something where why wouldn't I take the risk to try and get more points out of it? Ultimately, if he doesn't play a game, 
it's a simple transfer and we get loads of transfers from this point. And because I'm using my wild card now, I can strategically plan basically. So I do have coverage. I'm not going to be left overwhelmed if anyone goes out. And the, the only issue that I'm going to have is if Dortmund progress over Man City because Man, the Man City fixture is the only one I'm going to invest heavily in, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that's the reason why I went with Phillips. I just thought I can take the risk. If you're not on a wild card and you are sceptical about any future you know, centre-back partnerships, then yeah, maybe go Kavak. The interesting player that I think now, though, who's coming into form and who's just gone in on my FPL wildcard is Trent. He's starting to put up some really good numbers. We've seen how he's performed in the Champions League already. I may not overthink this and just go with Trent because I'm not convinced in the slightest by Bayern's defence. And even though Kimmich plays central midfield, his assist potential has severely dropped without Lewandowski. But also, it kind of doesn't matter that Trent's playing right back and Kimmich is playing in central midfield because when we got Kimmich at the beginning, he was playing central midfield, but also central attacking midfield at times. We know what Trent offers. And with the increase in Jota's form, I just think that they're going to help each other get more points. So for me, looking at my Liverpool shortlist, I think there are five standout candidates. You've got Phillips and Kabak, four and a half million each, I believe they are. Exactly the same price. So if you're looking for budget, feel free to roll with them. Trent Alexander-Arnold at right back. I do think he's a better pick than Robertson because I think he's got more attack and return potential with how the pair are playing at the minute. I think Robertson was by far better before February. Robertson was absolutely outstanding. Then he's taken a bit of a dip in form and Trent started to get better. So I do think Trent's the more informed player. And then Jota and Salah. Salah obviously being a penalty taker in Jota, is involved with more Liverpool goals than any other player, I think. I think because of his goals last night, just overtook Salah. For minutes played, I'm sure he's involved in nearly 50% of the goals. Insane. I think it's quite nice to not have to overthink Liverpool choices. Jota has 7.9 million. Salah's, I think, the most expensive midfielder in the game. So they sort of half balance each other. Again, Trent, one of the most expensive defenders in the game. Phillips, one of the cheapest. So you can really play off each other. You can get all four because you're allowed four players from each team. They have five at this point, I think. Saying that, Real Madrid, no Ramos, obviously, who would have been on my shortlist. The other three players that I've got written down, essentially, would be Casemiro, ball recovery machine, can get goals, can get assists. He got an assist this weekend in Real Madrid's 2-0 win. Luka Modric, who will forever defy biology. I don't know how he's playing so well when he is not a young man. And he is obviously capable of goals and assists. Whenever I see Real Madrid play in the Champions League, I'm petrified of Modric. He is still world-class. And then, obviously, Karim Benzema, he scored again this weekend. He scores nearly every game he plays. He's never going to be a good captaincy choice because his limit seems to be one goal, one assist, whereas other players can be a lot more explosive. But I think those three players, if you're looking at Real Madrid or you're looking at coverage, should be the one you go for. Casemiro, his price is absolutely brilliant. And as we move on later on to the Bayern issue with no Lewandowski, 
if you're looking for a forward, I think Benzema's the perfect choice here. Mm-hmm. Now I've got him in my team. And I was just wondering as well, uh, I don't know if you know the answer, but with Ramos out, do, is Benzema the penalty taker or does another person take it? I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't know who their reserve penalty taker is. In my mind, it's going to be Benzema, Modric or Tony Cross. It's going to be one of the three. Yeah, because if if it is Benzema, his appeal becomes even better. Yeah. Uh, especially when you've got people like Vinicius Jr. who are just tricky and can go down on the slight touch because Phillips, he's not the quickest. And a player like Vinicius Jr. could cause some issues. Yeah. But I think that if Benzema is the penalty taker, and if someone knows, get in touch with us at UCL Fantasy Pod on Twitter. Let us know so we can spread the news. I think that would be really appreciated. My tactic with this game, just for anyone that cares, is I want coverage of both these teams. This is the hardest game to predict. I've got no idea who's going to go through. And I want to basically follow a couple of players for the next round. It's fine if I've got to transfer them out. I just want to pit them against each other, get the points where they come, where I think they're coming from, and then have my substitutes who are nailed on for the second day's worth of games to come on and basically take their place. So, for example, if I pick Trent and Benzema, unless Trent gets an attack and return or loads of ball recoveries and Benzema scores, then obviously Trent's not going to get any points. So he'd be my substitute. But if they do keep a clean sheet, obviously Benzema's not going to get anything, so Benzema comes out. That's my game for that. I'm hedging my bets with Man City towards Man City. I'm going to have Haaland as well. But Real Madrid and Liverpool, I just want a nice bit of coverage so that I can really hone in on where the points are coming from. Appreciate that they can't all hit, but that's what my my subs bench is for. No, that's definitely a good tactic. I think I'm going to... I'm going along a similar route, but mine is because last year, for those who were listening, uh, I was not able to field a st- full start on 11 in the final, which made me drop a lot in the rankings. So I'm definitely more careful about that. So I, I'm going to try and spread the coverage or even just wait until the first leg is over. So I've got a bit more of an idea about yeah. what's happening uh, in terms of the tie. And then I can look to get them in for the second leg moving forward and get rid of some of the people who look like they're down and out. So we've got Real Madrid Liverpool there. We'll have a little prediction from you, Aaron. What do you think the score is going to be? I think that Liverpool will win this tie 2-1, but I think it'll leave it way open for the second leg. That's going to be my prediction. But both teams to score, hopefully lots of ball recovery points for the defenders. Yeah, I'll go 2-1 as well to Liverpool. I can just see it being very, very similar to the Man City game last year. Speaking of Man City, we have Man City versus Dortmund. We'll start with Dortmund because it's going to be really quick. Haaland or Bus, they got beat again yesterday. They are currently seven points off a Champions League place in the Bundesliga. They are not in good form. Haaland actually didn't score yesterday in the 2-1 loss. It was Mats Hummels that scored. They are up against arguably the best team in the world. We'll say them and Bayern Munich are the two best footballing teams in the world at the minute. Without one of their most influential players in Jadon Sancho, who's still injured, 
I'm very, very concerned for them. There is no way that I'm not having Haaland. I just don't care. There aren't any other forwards that are good enough to want. So I'm going for him and that is it. And if he manages to grab a couple of goals or one goal, that's absolutely fine. And if not, again, he can come out, uh, be substituted off. Essentially, what I'll be looking for for my three substitutes is most likely going to be one player from this game and two players from the Real Madrid-Liverpool game. And then obviously a goalkeeper somewhere along the line. Do you have anyone other than Haaland here? Not really. Uh, I've been tempted to stick with hits in goal not just to try and maximise the budget, really. Like, literally no other reason. Uh, I'm not even going to play him. He'd probably just stick on my bench. But I think at this stage of the competition, and I can't afford to play like that. I think I need to uh, spread my team around because if I did have hits in my team, he would stay in until the final. And I would just try and pick a starting goalkeeper just to try and maximise the budget around my midfield and forwards. That's just such a did that, risky play. Why not go for a 3.8 or 3.9 million goalkeeper? If yeah. you're not going to play hits. Yeah, definitely. And so to, now that you've said that, to answer your question, no, it is just Haaland. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only other player I could justify is the young right back. Is it Maury? Yeah, Maury at 3.8. He started the past few, but from the look of the Dortmund, well, just from looking at the news and kind of their team selection, I think Munier's close to, like he was on the bench this past week, so he's close to being fit. And Omri Jean played at right back this past week. So I don't know what that situation is, but at least you've got the heads up of the the team, the starting 11 yeah. before. So if Maury's playing, he'd probably come in um, and then I would use my transfers before the semi-final to get him back out. Yeah. If you're a hipster, you can go Guerrero. Just if Jao Cancelo's playing right back, he will be so far up the pitch that Guerrero might have space to exploit. But for his price, you've, oh, you've got to have some cojones to be going for Guerrero. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it's Haaland a bust. Let's go on to Man City because trying to pick from this slot is as close to impossible as you're going to get. Gratefully, we will have the team news. To be honest, I think I can kind of guess some of the players that I'd, I'd like anyway. Yeah. But for me, my goalkeeper on my wild card is going to be Edison because of the four teams that are playing on... This night, I think Man City are most likely to keep a clean sheet. So it's really easy. Go with Edison. Yeah, so I think De Bruyne is an interest. Like Actually, I was about to say he's an interesting pick. He's a pretty much, if you're going for a Man City attacker, he's one of the safer ones because whenever he's played in the Champions League this season, he's averaged 10 points per appearance. Wow. That's... I mean, that's captainable. Like, if you have him, that's a very safe floor uh, and high ceiling because, I mean, he's gotten 10 in every game. I think players like Sterling probably stay away uh, from, but Foden is definitely a player I'm looking at because, like we had said, 
He's appeared in every Champions League game so far. Cancelo is someone who I'm looking at quite closely as well, but he'll eat up a lot of the budget. Diaz is quite expensive for a centre-back as well. I know a lot of people around me in the in the table of our podcast league have both Diaz and Cancelo, so they doubled up on City defence. Great moves. I mean, if there is going to be a striker who can break down the Man City defence, it's Lewandowski or Haaland. Like, they, Haaland probably won't get as many opportunities as he got in the previous game against Sevilla because they just kind of collapsed. But if there is a striker that you want one or two chances to fall to, it's going to be Haaland. It's kind of his dress rehearsal before a potential move or the rumours are true. So Diaz has the potential for a lot of ball recoveries and Cancelo was rested on the weekend. I don't think Benjamin Mendy's going to play. Even no chance. I don't, even though he scored, I think Cancelo's pretty much rested for the Champions League. So they're players I've got my eye on. Other than that, I think it's too close to call. And I don't want to go too heavy on Man City in case a repeat of last year happened where I did the same and then Leon knocked them out. The thing is, though, last year, Man City weren't playing well in general. They were playing rubbish in the league. Okay in the Champions League. So I don't think we are going to see a repeat. Someone who I'm also really, really thinking about, Gundogan, because he played all three games in the international break, 90 minutes. So thanks for that, Germany and North Macedonia. (laughs) And so he was rested completely on the weekend against Leicester. I mean, he's a professional athlete, so I'm guessing he was rested for this but that's a lot of games in succession when other players got rest. But with Fernandinho and Rodri both playing the full 90 on the weekend against Leicester, I do believe Gundogan will come back in for the Champions League. But with this team, it is just one of them things where you are just going to have to wait for the start in 11. And then on the second leg, hope that them players start again. Yeah, I'm going undoubtedly with Edison. Cancelo, Gundogan, and Foden—they're my four Man City players. That's good because uh, I'm 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 debating between Gundogan or Foden, so that's it's good that you've got both of them. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I don't want KDB, and it's not because I don't think he's the best pick as he is. But would I rather have for borderline the same price, Gundogan and Foden, or just KDB? And I think the answer is Gundogan and Foden, especially when. They've both done really well in the Champions League. And if Gundogan, uh, sorry, if KDB is going to get assists, it might be to one of these two. Gundogan scored in the last game. Did Foden score in the last game? Oh, no, KDB did, but Foden got the assist for Gundogan's goal. So that's what I'm thinking at the minute. It allows me to get someone else like Salah in. So for me, yes, KDB could be the best pick. But when I look at having Gundogan, Foden and Salah, that, for me, is a better balance. Cancelo over Diaz is what I'm looking at because Cancelo gets ball recoveries and potential attacking returns. So I think you'll equal Diaz. And I think that there's only 0.1 million difference between them, and I can't remember which one's cheaper. I think it might be Cancelo. I can't quite remember. 
But either way, they're borderline the same price. But if you want a bit of a punt, then look at the team sheet. And there's there's three players I've got here. And it's only, obviously, it's only at the start. Number one would be Zinchenko. If he starts at left back and Cancelo starts at right back, I'd go with Can- I'd go with uh, Zinchenko because he's so cheap. But also the other two players to look at would be Aguero and Jesus up front. They're both under 10 million, which would allow me to get another premium player in elsewhere. And ultimately the player front for Man City against a rubbish Dortmund defence. So either of them could score, get assists, whatever. And it just allows a little bit more balance in your team. If you've got one striker under 10 million and then your other big hitters. So my other big hitters will be Haaland and Mbappe. Obviously, it's not guaranteed Aguero played an hour, then was subbed off. But I think obviously he's just building up his fitness. So it's just about seeing whether they play or if Pep's going to go with his false nine again, just playing six midfielders up front, basically. So I think that's going to be interesting to see. But my shortlist for Man City is as long as my arm. But in my mind, I know the permutations of each team sheet of what I'm going to go with. And that's what's important here. It's not a case of, oh, I've got nine players to pick from from this list. It's I have four players, depending on the team sheet, will be what these four players are. And it's not just whether they start or not. I'm going to be looking at formation, what position they're playing in. And looking at Dortmund's starting lineup as well. So I'm ready for it. I appreciate your readiness because I need I need some of that. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I, I'm just gonna kind of just what you suggested. I've got like the notes of which players I'll want. I'm debating between Ford and Gundawan. Yeah, it's I think I'm just gonna end up waiting until an hour before. And then obviously that's when the big rush happens and you end up making a silly decision. So yeah. I'm excited for it. Have fun with it. See what happens. So Aaron, what's your prediction for this game? I think Man City will win, but I think Dortmund will score just with Haaland being him. So I'm going to go 3-1 to Man City. Although I'm hedging me bets with Haaland, I'm going to go 3-0 Man City. And then that'll lead it up nicely for the second leg. Everyone gets rid of Haaland and Haaland ends up scoring a few. So that'll be nice exactly. as well. I still think I'd probably keep Haaland. Like, we can try and plan for the next round as much as you want. But ultimately, every round, there's, there's points there to be scored. Score those points and then worry. Obviously, yeah. you want a plan. You want a, you want a backdoor to get out of. If, I don't know, let's say Man City do batter Dortmund. And you've also picked loads of Bayern players, but PSG be Bayern. And you pick loads of Chelsea players, but Port will be Chelsea. Then yeah, you need to stop preparing for the next round so that you're not shafted on all your <laughs> on all your substitutes and transfers. But if your other predictions go well and you know that you've got a little bit of wiggle room, even if you think the player's going out, you can keep them and know well the rest look quite safe. So I'll make that transfer then. Everyone's got to make their own decision. There's no blanket right answer. Mm-hmm. You have to look at how many players you've got that you think is going to go through, go out, how well they're doing. Do you think that person is capable of scoring points? I'm not picking a single player in this team unless I think that individual is capable of scoring points. Mm-hmm. I think as well, like with Lewandowski being injured, it just doesn't make sense to be in a rush to move Haaland, 
even regardless of how the first leg goes, because as Haaland proved against Sevilla, which at the time were the best defence in Europe, it just showed that they hadn't come up against a formidable attack as of yet. Or I mean, they beat Barcelona before that game as well, but that they weren't on the form that Barcelona are currently on. And Haaland showed how good he was. And so with Lewandowski out, it kind of just makes sense to kind of hold them. And then it's an easy move back up to Lewandowski rather than going a cheaper striker like Tarimi when he's back. Uh, yeah. Or, or Chupo Moting to then try and get Lewandowski because then you've got to remove a few of your other premiums to do that. Exactly. So, yeah, Haaland's definitely in my plans, but I'm hoping other people do like transfer him out if Man City absolutely batter them. But speaking of Lewandowski and Bayern, we've got that game up next, Bayern Munich versus PSG, which is on the Wednesday. So this is the cutoff point. We will obviously see these teams before the substitution deadline, but not before the transfer deadline. So let's start with Bayern Munich. They won 1-0 at the weekend. Leon Skoretzka with the goal. He's in my team currently. I was thinking of getting rid of him. And now he's given me a bit of a headache with his goal. Thomas Muller with the assist. Their system yesterday for the for the forwards basically was Muller playing in behind Chupo Morting. And they had Sané and Coman either side of Muller. So no Nabry. I don't like this, Aaron. I think every single player's value is lessened without Lewandowski because A, he's such a headache for defenders that he affords everyone else more space. But B, he's such a good link-up player that it's harder for it's harder for these players to get into dangerous positions. And then also, everyone's assist potential goes down because they're passing to either an out-of-position winger or Tupo Morting instead of one of the best strikers in the world, if not the best striker in the world, certainly for finishing. So everyone's values depreciated. They're also playing against a team that until this weekend were capable of scoring. They uh, PSG also got beat 1-0. Neymar got sent off at the death along with a Lidl player. But Mbappe, we saw what he can do against Barcelona. Bayern Munich don't have the best defence as it is. In a lot of games, they've conceded two or, two or three goals early on and then had to win the game 5-3 or 5-2. I don't know if that's a possibility against PSG. It might be. So it's, it's just going to be really tough to try and pick which players I want from this game because none of them have any value. The defenders are are going to be an absolute waste of time unless you have Joshua Kimmich because he plays holding midfield. But for all of his assist potential, Bayern Munich could easily concede two or three goals. And then you are needing him to get an assist. And this is the second day. If this was the first day, take your punts. But this isn't the day for punts. And Kimmich has now became that, especially without that lofted pass into the likes of Lewandowski. I've already mentioned, obviously, the issue with that front line. And, and with Coleman back, we don't really know who's going to play where. Is it still a case of Sané, Nabry and Coleman all fighting for two winger spots and then Chupo Morting up front? Or is Nabry going to go up there with Sané and Coleman on either side? I think Muller's locked in is the number 10. I think 
if you were going to go with someone, go with him. But he's 10 million, I think. That's a lot of money for someone that we're very unsure of at the minute. And he links so well with Lewandowski that it just kind of ruins everything of every player that Bayern Munich have that could have gotten injured. Lewandowski is the worst one. Yeah, I'm scratching my head with it because I was trying to look into some of the predicted lineups and stuff, but also trying to look at what some of the like the pundits and stuff who cover Bundesliga and, and trying to see what they think of the situation. And they're leaning more towards that Nabriel start up front. But to be honest, I think it's like, if it wasn't Paris Saint-Germain and Chupa Morting literally wasn't just playing it like with them last year, I would have said, right, I'm going to go all in on, on Nabri starting up front. Uh, some of them have even said that Muller will start up front, but I think he is a better 10 than he is a number nine. And just because it's a former club, Chupa Morting, it, it's, is a really interesting pick. I don't, I'm not going to go for him. I think it's too risky on the second day. He might be like a second leg if one of the strikers gets injured. Yeah. And if I like want to bring in like De Bruyne or if I want to bring in another premium, potentially look at Chupa Moting and I see that he's starting. But for this first leg, for my wild card, Chupa Moting isn't in my draft. So I'm looking, I'm, even though he's a lot of money, I'm looking at bringing in Sane just because I think that the left side of Paris Saint-Germain's defence is weaker because uh, we saw what Kurtzwa and the trouble that he had last time. Well, Kurtzwa's injured at the moment, I believe. I'm not sure if he's going to be going to be fit for the game. Even better. That's a big concern, but they've got, I think Diallo played left back there yesterday. It's The issue with Bayern Munich is, I still think they're going to win this game. It's just trying to pick who's going to play and who's going to score without Lewandowski there when it's on the second day. If this was the first day, then of course you're going to take your punts and if it doesn't work out, you just sub them sub them off. But I'm not overly keen on... I don't think they'll keep a clean sheet. I really don't. Oh, but then you know what I've got in the back of my mind? The final from last year, which was drab. So it, it's going to be the same as that. I don't think either team are as good as what they were last year, though. I think without Thiago Silva, PSG are worse at the back. And Bayern Munich are definitely nowhere near as good defense, defensively as they were last year. They've conceded a lot of goals. You're right, Chupa Morting's on my list for the crazy people out there. But also it's because he's so cheap that if you were thinking, oh, well, you know what, I'll risk him. And that affords me to get KDB and Salah in my midfield, then that's obviously a perfectly reasonable tactic. If you're trying to gain points on someone, it's not for me. But Trooper Morton's price, I'd rather have a premium forward that can score and then a midfielder that's likely to get ball recovery points for me personally. So I'd rather have Benzema and Casemiro than Trooper Morton and KDB, for example. Just for example, with PSG, Neymar, like I said, got sent off again. He loves a red card. He's too much of a hothead for me. And if Bayern Munich get a lead in this game, 
Neymar will drop into holding midfield to pick up the ball. He'll try and beat the entire Bayern team on his own a couple of times. He'll get frustrated and then he'll spend the last 20 minutes walking around in a sulk. So it's a bit of a risk going for Neymar. Also, just looking at attacking returns in the Champions League, he hasn't got very many for PSG when you compare him to Mbappe. I think they are the two standout choices for PSG. PSG do have a lot of their talent players back. Angel Di Maria is now back. So their chances of scoring have increased. And Bayern Munich, like we've already said, aren't particularly great at the back. So I think I'll be going for Mbappe. We can't see the team sheet, so that means Moise Kian would, of course, be a risk. But again, he's he's so cheap that him and Chupo Morting are the two forwards to punt on if you are looking to have a stacked midfield in defence. If you don't want to go for a high-priced forward line, you may find that you've wasted a position because you might not play. And obviously, you're not going to put him in your starting eleven from your bench if that's the case. Whereas Mbappe is guaranteed to start and he's their best player. So I don't know why why someone wouldn't want to go with Mbappe, especially playing against this Bayern defence. The other player I look for is Marquinhos. I think you mentioned him in the last podcast, Aaron. You'll get ball recovery points. He's their best defender. He likes to try and get forward as well. Although he is playing as a defender now, not a holding midfielder. So he's attacking returns have severely diminished. My only issue with Marquinhos is A, he's playing against Bayern Munich. So are you a lunatic? And B, he's very expensive. Yeah, he's being priced as if he still was a defensive midfielder. So with Paris Saint-Germain, like some of their midfielders are quite temptingly priced. They're around like the five to six millions. Um, so I think they're quite interesting, but you've got a headache with them as well. Because obviously I wasn't talking about Di Maria or anyone because obviously he's expensive. But in terms of Verratti, uh, I know a few people have Danilo. Paredes is uh, suspended, I believe, according to Gaming Hub, but just check. Verratti has COVID, so he's out. Yeah, so just double check when everything gets updated. Uh, but Idrissa Gay, 5 million, played on the weekend. Herrera, 5.4. I know that a few other people in the Fantasy Champions League community brought in Rafinha last game week. So he's 5.1, but he didn't play. So there's a couple of tempting midfielder options to try and save some money. But I think, I know we'll get onto them later, but I think Chelsea have better ones around that price point. So yeah, it really just is, if it's between Mbappe and Neymar, for me it's Mbappe because Neymar is, he's missed months of football because he was injured, comes back, gets red carded or injured again. I can't remember international break, then gets red carded again. So he's actually not played a lot of football. And so Mbappe is cheaper and I think he's the better player. So even though Neymar's the penalty taker, I think just like what you were saying, if I remember from the final last year, Mbappe had the more chances in the yeah, final. He did. And Neuer was just playing like a man possessed to save them all. So I think this time around Mbappe with more experience, won't make the same mistakes and that he'll make sure that he finishes them this time. Yeah. Neymar, like what you were saying, hot-headed, 
this is the type of stage that he wants. So he's going to go into his typical showboaty self. But is he good enough to cause an upset and score lots of goals? Yes, he is. But in terms of safer picks, which is what the second day ideally is for, I think Mbappe is better. Yeah. Predictions? So I think that Bayern Munich will win uh, the first game and it leaves it, but I think it's going to be open for a potential comeback. So I'm going to go Bayern Munich 2 1. I'm going to go 2 2. Tasty. I'm going to roll with. And the final game, FC Porto versus Chelsea. Oh, how the tides have turned. Porto with a disappointing draw yesterday. I believe the Drew. I, I stopped looking at like 80 odd minutes. <laughs> um, Oliviera with another penalty. What a shock. And Chelsea lucky to just concede the five against second bottom in the Premier League, West Brom. What a game that was. I've I've never seen a team pass a ball so badly. Ziyech was horrendous. Jorginho put in one of the worst performances I've ever seen from a player. Obviously, Thiago Silva had a bit of a mare. Kovacic had a disastrous first half and was significantly better in the second. But if it could have went wrong yesterday for them, it did. And that is really through a spanner in my works because I was expecting this to be the most boring of nil-nils. But seeing how both teams can play, I've got no idea. It could be nil-nil or 5-5. Porto actually scored in the 19th minute to win. Uh, there you go. So yesterday, uh, Tony Martinez came off the bench. But Porto rested a lot of their players. Um, so... I think it was only a Pepe who was actually the back from, if we go from their back four, who played against, I can't even remember the game, Juventus. Yeah, so Pepe was the only one who kept their place. Sanusi, who's one of the highest scoring defenders in the Champions League, he was on the bench for the whole time. And Bemba on the bench for the whole time. So I think Porto were actually just resting their players Obviously, Tarimi yeah. suspended, so they brought off Oliviera quite, I think, just after the penalty on the hour mark, I think he came off. And Marega as well, because obviously they don't have Tarimi for the first leg. Uh, I had to bring him off. And, I mean, they brought all these players off while still drawing, like what you were saying. So their attention is obviously on this Champions League game. Porto are quite good at home with Juventus being the only team that scored against them so far in the Champions League. Although they had, it wasn't the strongest group, but that group still included Man City. So although Man City were not at the same heights as what they are now, I know that's a lot of buts and ifs. <laughs> Porto are quite good defensively. Chelsea, they're just so difficult to try and to know which one is going to turn up because Although Tuchel has played, made them play really well defensively, going forward, they've not really been as good to watch, I don't think. I think Lampard's team was probably more free-flowing in terms of attacking football, I would argue. But with how solid they are from the back, they can afford more possession. So it, it's too close to call for this one. So I'm looking more so for defensive options from this game. And I'm looking to get a few potentially because they're cheap. And also I know that one of these teams are going to go through. So I'll be able to keep some of the cheap options. I agree. Uh, 
I'm going for a goalkeeper from this game. I haven't decided on who. It all depends on my defenders, who I'm also picking from this game, because Mendy is 5.2 and Marquezin is 5.3. I, I don't know which one I'm going to go with yet. It just, like I say, depends on the defenders. I think if you're looking at Porto defenders, Pepe and Mbemba, both 5 mil, be great choices. Sanusi's offering a little bit more left back. He's 5.3, though. That's that's expensive for me. So I think Pepe and Mbemba are the best defensive options. And Oliveira, they get penalties every other week, Porto. I don't know what they're doing, but they win a lot of penalties. He's the penalty taker. He's in the sort of seven and a half million range. So if you're looking for a mid-price midfielder, that's a differential. I think Oliveira is a great choice. He got loads of points against Juventus. Oliveira's actually suspended for this game. I remember him picking up a yellow card. Well, there you go then. In Juventus. Um, So don't pick him. He's 6.7, but he's not worth it. Bring him in for the second leg when they need a comeback. Sweet. Perfect. I didn't realise we were suspended. It's rubbish how the game does an update, like straight away. Yeah, 100%. And Sanusi's actually tied third best player in the game. Yeah, he is. So that's crazy. But in the last two games, I think he's got a combined four points when he's obviously up against a half-decent team in Juventus. Juventus aren't even very good right now. Chelsea are where the headaches are. Alonso is in my current draft because he's 4.6 or 7 million, and he's nowhere near my draft now once we come to the end of this podcast after how they played against West Brom. I I can't see anyone other than Ben Chilwell starting at left back or left wing back. I just kind of see it. Aspilicueta at 5 million, I think, is a good budget option. I think he's going to play. He's the captain. He plays every minute under Tuchel, so I, I can't see him getting rotated. If you're looking for a safe Chelsea choice, Aspilicueta as the one. And ultimately, Mendy might even be in danger. We've seen that Tuchel is not scared to rotate those goalkeepers. And after conceding five, you might think, well, okay, then I'll put Kepa back in. Which is very scary. So I think for that reason, Marquezen is going to be my goalkeeper just now that I've sort of thought about it a little bit more. But I'll go with Chelsea defenders, I think. I think probably Aspilicueta and maybe Chilwell, if I can afford Chilwell. Not too sure yet. I had Kante nailed in my team. He is injured 100% for the first game. Unsure about the second. I believe the terms used were major doubt, minor doubt. Uh, either way, for a holding midfield, I'm just not bothered. I'll go with Casemiro instead. The only other players that half excite me would be Kai Havertz or Mason Mount. Mason Mount will play. He's Chelsea's best player. And he's capable of an attack and return. He played half an hour. Oh, it's 45 minutes, I think he played, sorry, against West Brom. He got a goal. He can do it again. He's the only one that looks like scoring. But Havertz is playing at the minute when he does come on, sort of up front. Fairly expensive habits, though. Not worth the risk for me, but I think Mason Mount could be. But other than that, Mason Mount is the only player from either of these teams that I consider that as a midfielder or a forward. Everyone else I just leave alone. Giroud, if you knew he was playing, I think would be a lovely choice. But you've just got no idea. Chelsea or the new Man City when it comes to rotation. And obviously, Pulisic is now injured. Did in his hamstring against West Brom. Does that mean Werner's going to come off to the left? Giroud's going to go front? 
Will Tammy Abraham go up front? I haven't seen Tammy Abraham in a long time. Whoever's going to play up front for Chelsea, I think, is going to have a good chance because I think Tammy Abraham and Giroud are both massively superior finishers to Timo Werner. Timo Werner will miss chances. Like Chelsea don't, you know, not make chances. Marcus Alonso hit the post three times against West Brom, I think. They made chances. It's just some of the decision making in the final third is really bad. And some of the some of the actual skill involved is being awful from Werner and, and Ziek. The pair of them have been dreadful recently. I think if Tuchel just goes, you know what? I'll go Habits and Mount playing off Giroud or Abraham. I think they could score loads of goals, but that's not going to happen. Yeah, I think that Chelsea, like, it's, it's just frustrating with watching them with Tuchel because, like, you don't know what team he's going to put out. And yes, that can be used for his advantage. It shows Chelsea have a good squad. And obviously, Tuchel doesn't really care about fantasy football. So he's not going to be like, oh, yeah, I need to pick this person because Aaron wants to choose him for his team. But just for me, it just doesn't make sense in terms of team chemistry. Like, I think that Chelsea have looked the best when they've had like a steady defense from one match to the other. I know the red card kind of skewed things yesterday. So I don't know if Thiago Silva is going to come in and play. But the thing with the red card, I want to address this. Overall, you can go, all right. The red card obviously didn't help, and they are going to play not as well. The winning one nil in the substitute or the substitution, sorry, was to maintain that defensive line three at the back with the two wing backs, and they sacrificed the right sided midfield forward who was a waste of space anyway. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. his decision making and final ball were absolutely horrendous, horrendous against West Brom. The problem came from Jorginho three times, but also Chelsea's defenders. The three of them that were in there, maybe less so Aspilicueta, but Christensen and Zuma were having a nightmare all game, typified by the first goal. You could have 10 men, 11 men, 12 men, 13 men. They're still going to concede that shocking goal where the keeper just punts it through and no one is paying attention to the West Brom player gliding past them. Whereas... If Tuchel plays his strongest team that he has been playing and they know what each other are doing, then I don't think that happens. I really don't. But bringing in Kurt Zuma is baffling. And Thiago Silva didn't have a good time against West Brom the first time round. What? <laughs> yeah, I just think instead of putting him in for an hour, maybe bring him off the bench for half an hour once the game's won. I don't think he showed West Brom any respect at all. And he doesn't really show his players that much respect. Chelsea have conceded before that game two goals in like seven hours of football or something ridiculous. And one of them was an own goal. So that back four, shall we say, because we'll not include the wing backs, they play like midfielders, whatever. But the back four of the three centre backs and the goalkeeper being fixed was working. Rudiger, Christensen, Aspilicueta, it was working. And for him to just willy-nilly make two... I mean, if you're to make a change, make one change in the back three. But don't make two. I think he's got to take so much blame for what happened that day. And this is like what we say about Tuchel. Like he's, he's such a talented coach. And we can see the difference that he's made to that Chelsea team. It's like undeniable. And yet, 
managerial. You'll make some absolutely ridiculous decision that you're just scratching your head with. Obviously, it's not his fault that he's sent on midfielders have massively let him down yesterday, like in Jorginho. If Jorginho plays against Porto, then anything can happen because he was awful. Yeah, and like what you were saying, the red card wasn't like a a full-on excuse because Zuma and Christensen in the past have been mistake-prone and Jorginho as well has been found out a couple of times. But with Rudiger, hopefully he comes in because he's been quite solid lately and he played out of his mind in the last game. Uh, I thought he played really, really well. So hopefully he comes in because he's the cheapest of the defence. Same price as Alonso, 4.6. So he seems like a good option and he performed quite well last time. Even getting in the face of a few players, which was just beautiful to see. So in terms of Chelsea defenders and Porto defenders, Rudiger is someone who I'm watching. Uh, Alonso for definite, but I agree with what you're saying. I didn't bring him in to FPL this week, which thank goodness. But it was because I was so scared of Chilwell coming in. And I do think that Chilwell is good enough to wear. I think the whole, like, I think Chilwell's good enough to where he would be able to come in and still do a decent job. I think the whole Alonso thing was kind of spun by some of the people who play fantasy for their job, trying to get people to like kind of excited at the high ceiling that Alonso has anytime that he steps on the field. To be fair, Alonso, because I, I brought him in for FPL, but I, I knew it was for gaming 30 because I've already pressed my wildcard button. I was always wildcarding in 31. Mm-hmm. I brought Alonso in and he got three points. I was like, okay, and that's fine because none of the other Chelsea players did. But also, if I look at what he did, the keeper made a fingertip, like it was the very nails <laughs> of his fingers that stopped him from scoring a goal. Then again, he's had a shot deflected off the line onto the post and he's had another couple of good chances. Alonso could have scored a hat-trick against West Brom quite comfortably. He's awful defensively. Awful, we saw that. Every West Brom player that wanted to run at him was having so much joy because he, could, he just can't play defensively. But I think that's going to be the thing for Tuchel. I just think he's going to go, right, Champions League, it's all about not conceding goals. So he'll look at Porto and think they're not the most dangerous side going forward, but they are good defensively. I just think Ben Chill, there's nothing that Xabi Alonso, Xabi Alonso? There is nothing that Marcus Alonso offers, in my opinion, that Ben Chilwell doesn't. And Ben Chilwell is so superior defensively. The fact that Alonso's came back into the team, for me, is a joke. But I suppose it keeps Ben Chilwell on his toes and it makes him more competitive. So I suppose that's smart. But we, we can say whatever we like, but West Brom have scored, what, is it seven or eight goals against Chelsea this season? And in both those games, Thiago Silva and Marcos Alonso had absolute nightmares. Absolute nightmares. And it's you just think, well, there's something in that. What do you think the score is going to be? Yeah, uh, I was going to just go on and say that I, I do think this is going to be low scoring. Uh, my prediction for this game, whew, uh, I'm going to go with Porto 1, Chelsea 1. Sorry, I was yeah, debating whether go... Chelsea would score more than one. I don't think they will. 
Not in this first leg, anyways. I'm going to go with... 2-1 Chelsea. Lovely. You know what? Actually, no, I'm going to go 2-0 Chelsea. I'm going to... I... With Oliviera out, I think he's their best chance to score. I'm going to go 2-0 Chelsea. Yeah, and they're missing Tarimi. Yeah, yeah. They've got Mariga up front and Rudiger. What is... Yeah, Rudiger's going in mid-draft, I think. So, Aaron, let's have a look at our drafts now. We've obviously given our thoughts in more detail on the podcast, but we usually, just for everyone that's listening, wants to know behind the curtain... We talk to each other after we've done a draft and then we'll just spend five minutes having another little mess around after basically what we've said, just so that we can take in each other's information too. So we've just spent, I think it was literally four or five minutes there, coming up with a draft that I think I'll be keeping until Tuesday and then any changes that I make will be beyond that. And that's because, like I say, we're both using wild cards. If you don't have a wild card, Please don't be confirming transfers yet. Just do it on Tuesday. Make sure you've just got like a little screenshot on your phone or something like that of the team that you'd like. So, without further ado, my two goalkeepers are going to be Edison and Mendy. I know that in the podcast I was saying, I'm not sure if Mendy will play, so I'll go Marquezen. That being said, Marquezen is 0.1 more than Mendy, and I actually need the money. My defenders are going to be Trent Alexander-Arnold, John Stones, João Cancelo, Chancellor Mbemba, and Antonio Rudiger. So I've got the three defenders playing in the first day, Stones, Cancelo, Alexander-Arnold. Uh, I just think, looking at the teams, Man City and Chelsea, maybe Porto, are the, are the, the three out of the, out of the remaining teams that are most likely to keep clean sheets. So I should really be going for those teams. I've got my three on the first day, I've got my two on the second and that's absolutely fine with me. I've also picked players that I think can get attacking returns on the first day. And Bemba and Rudiger are because they'll play and they were the cheapest options available that will play. Shao Cancelo, Stones, Alexander Arnold can all score and they can all get assists other than John Stones, probably. Well, you did for Harry Maguire. Midfield, Diogo Jota, he's too good not to have it, 7.9 million. Phil Ford and Gundogan, again, I'm going for the double up instead of just having KDB. I may as well. Mason Mount, I have somehow convinced myself to get. And the final midfielder is Leon Goretzka. I'm just petrified in case he does something. And again, his price is really good. Just for full disclosure, either one of those two could change to Casemiro. It depends on what my bottle's like before Tuesday, basically, just with how it goes. Casemiro is definitely the first choice to go in there. I mentioned I had Salah earlier on. I've taken Salah out just because he's so expensive and I'd rather have Trent and then another better player. I believe Trent and another player can outscore Salah with how Trent plays on this game. And then my three forwards, Benzema, Haaland and Mbappe. So I've got Haaland in case, you know, he's the one, he's likely to be the one that would score. So if he busts my triple Man City defence, at least I've got some coverage on that and then I can pull those out for the goalkeeper and the two defenders I got on the bench. Same with Benzema and Alexander-Arnold. Hopefully it doesn't all go wrong in Haaland and Benzema. <laughs> Benzema don't score, but Dortmund and Real Madrid too do score and then I'm absolutely knackered completely. And yeah, Bayern Munich's defence isn't very good, so why not Mbappe? That's my, that's my team. No, it's a very good team, to be fair. Just writing it down, some thoughts on it before we move on to my team. You don't have any premium midfielders, 
Uh, I know that a lot of them are, well, they're not as high scoring. I, I wouldn't say they're as much of a necessity in this game as they are in like other fantasy games like Premier League and stuff like that. And I quite like the approach that because of the ball recovery points that you have spent more in defence. Uh, so overall, very good team. I've went with the premium midfield. So I'll just go through my team <laughs> and we can kind of see how we differ. So for the goalkeepers, uh, from talking with you, which is uh, always the dangerous part in these type <laughs> of shows. So I've got Mendy and Kepper. <laughs> so I've covered both wow. Chelsea goalkeepers. If one plays, I'll just put the other one in. Uh, so That's hopefully insane. Hopefully they don't <laughs> play a third string goalkeeper. Uh, that would be awful. My defenders, Cancelo, Kabak, Pavard, Rudiger, Militao. So Cancelo's the only premium one there. Uh, just to, as a side note, this will change. So please check Twitter before. Yeah, uh, if you want to see my finalized team, but I'm thinking of maybe changing Militao. I've got 0.2 left, so I can upgrade him. Uh, I can also upgrade Pavard to get like a above five million, which is also very likely because Bayern Munich aren't as good defensively. But I'm mostly going for the fact that I think that Bayern Munich will advance. Uh, Goretzka, Salah. Leroy Sane, Fabinho, and Gundogan are in midfield. So very Liverpool by... Sorry. Did you say Fabinho was in there? Yes. So I went with Fabinho because when he got moved back into defensive midfield, he got 19 ball recoveries. Wow. So 5.7. I think he's better than Kovacic and other players around that price point. But I don't have enough money for Casemiro. So I think he's kind of the safe middle option so hopefully that works especially uh, because he'll be sitting in front of the and Benzema drops deep as well so I'm hoping Fabinho's the one that covers him and yeah Gundogan I went with him over Foden just because of price I I can't afford to go with Foden but I might take what you said uh, especially if Maury starts for uh, Dortmund I could drop Militao down to Maury which means that I can upgrade either Fabinho or Casemiro or Gundogan or Foden or someone even better than that. Uh, but I probably focus more on my mid uh, on my defence because uh, that seems to be quite cheap, uh, which could be a problem later in the tournament. And then my front three is exactly the same as yours, Haaland, Mbappe, Benzema. If either of them don't do well or get injured, it's easy. it's easier for me to move and transfer them than it is if I tried to stick with Chupa Moting, Moise Keane, stuff like that. So, and also makes it easier to get Lewandowski back in if Bayern Munich advance. But it's I'm changing it all the time, to be honest. So just follow us on Twitter at UCL Fantasy Pod for our finalised teams. Yeah, I'm having a look through with yours. My major concern for you is one City defender. Honestly, Aaron, I think it's pointless. I think... Either go with two or don't have any because at the middle you're sticking in the you're in the middle, so you are going to lose. If Man City concede, Cancelo's pointless, and if they keep a clean sheet, everyone else has two or three. Yeah, because looking at my team right now, I've only got two City players, and they're actually the team that I have winning the competition. So yeah, that need, that needs to change. So I could go, I could drop Kepper down to a three point eight goalkeeper. 
upgrade Mendy to Edison. That's also a suggestion. But I could also get I could also get stones in for Militao, which I like that option that you've said getting stones in. Um, Diaz is too expensive, but I want more City players, so I'm going to try and work out how to fit them in. I've 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 got to say I don't like your double Chelsea keeper. I just think (laughs) it's pointless because. Even if you do pick the right one, they might not keep a clean sheet. You may as well double your chances of getting a, a clean sheet than trying to guarantee which one of them will play. Like, mm-hmm. if you are that desperate, go with Marquezen. To go Marquezen and then go for a, a, go for hits because mm-hmm. you know one of them is not going to play anyway. So and then spend the extra money elsewhere. If you want to do something like that, I've obviously went with just who I think are the two strongest options. And ultimately, what I'm hoping for is that Man City don't concede anyway, and then I won't need Mendy or, or Keta. Pavard as well, I don't get that, Aaron. Like, I don't... Pavard's, like, overly priced for what he often delivers. Like, you, I don't know, he might get an assist. He might get a ball at every point. But you've obviously said you think it's going to be a high-scoring game, this Bayern Munich PSG one. So would you not be better off switching... Pavard to a Man City defender or to another Chelsea defender. Yeah, Zinchenko, or... if he plays, is definitely going to come straight into my team. I think it's hard because I don't know the starting 11s. But with Pavard, it was mostly just because he's been playing the past few since he's returned from injury. And he's 4.9 for a Bayern Munich. I mean, I'm not... Most other defenders, I think with clean sheets around this t- time in the tournament... I don't know how often they are. And just because I, I think that Bayern Munich will advance to the next round, to be honest. But then again, I've got Paris Saint-Germain defenders who are 4.3 who are playing. So this segment's been kind of a mess on my part. Uh, sorry to the listeners. Very genuine. I like your Fabinho <laughs> shout, though. We'll, we'll end positively. I love that that Fabinho shout at 5.7. I hadn't really considered him. And I think... That's an oversight on my behalf because he plays on the first day, he can get ball recovery points. When he plays in holding midfield, he has been known to have the odd screamer in him. So that's a surprising pick. Doubling up on Bayern midfield is risky, but I like the risk. I do like that risk. I mean, it's not one that I'm going to go for because I've invested my money elsewhere. But if I had the money, I'd double up in Bayern because I was looking at and this is my issue. This is why I haven't. I was like, oh, is it Goreska or Coleman? Goreska or Coleman? I really want Sani and Abri on Muller. Can't afford any of them. So is it Goreska or Coleman? And you just say, can you get lost in this? Well, I'm picking a needle in a haystack here. So I went with Goreska because out of the five, he'll get ball recovery points. Maybe only get one or two. But I think he's got just as much chance of getting a goal as the rest of them. Mm-hmm. So why not go with the cheapest? With the same the same chance of scoring, and that might get a ball recovery. So yeah, uh, Sane is obviously a quality player. I, he just hasn't quite had the returns in any competition yet, but he's mm-hmm. on and off with injury. But whenever he plays, he plays really well. So yeah, and that's a struggle be- as well. It's because uh, Nabry is priced as if he was last season's Nabry. Uh, Coleman was the one who scored against Paris Saint-Germain last in the final. He got man of the match. He did play unbelievable in that game. It, it's just the risk with the wingers because Chupo Moting might play and it could be Nabri or Sane. It, 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 picking one of them wingers, 
I just kind of went with the safer one, to be honest. Uh, I think Sane has been playing more this season, but I don't know whether that is because of Nabry and uh, Coleman's injuries, though. So it's hard to read into. Goretzka, I think he's someone who I'm... He's pretty solid in my team because I believe he scored with Germany in the international break as well. So I think as well, in, in the fact that Kimmich's appeal isn't as high anymore because he's, he sits more defensive. I think a lot of that raises Goretzka's because Goretzka's allowed to push forward now because of Kimmich being uh, defensively sound. So it, it, I think it makes Goretzka a better pick. Uh, and Muller drops deeper as well, so Goretzka can make them late runs into the box. From this draft, because I can't tell you how many I've done, uh, Sane, I don't know if I'm going to stick with him. I could save a million and go Coleman and have the same amount of risk because I don't. I wouldn't say that Sane, I don't think he's produced I, that nine and a half million value yet. So I could save I'd a million there. You'd save 1.1 and then you can add that and put that into your defence mm-hmm. straight uh, away. And then get like a Diaz. Uh, the whole, with that draft, with the two Chelsea goalkeepers, I actually can go down to 3.8. So I'd go and get Claudio Ramos for Porto because I'd, I'm not going to pick a full five players from Porto. So it's a safer thing. Um, but I can yeah. upgrade to Edison. So from there, if Man City somehow get knocked out or it's Man City ban Munich in the next round, it means that regardless, I can get Edison and easily transition and Neuer depending on who reaches the final because I believe that yeah. either Man City or Bayern Munich, the winner of that semi-final, if they get there, I think they're the favourites in the final. So yeah, I want their goalkeeper. So thinking forward, Edison is probably the, the better pick now because I think that Mbappe and Neymar will score against Neuer. And then... But I think with how how well Salah did for me last round, I've got a little bit of loyalty there. So I don't want to get rid of him. But Jota is definitely someone I could try and get into my team. But then out with Fabinho, and I really like that pick, I'd, I wouldn't want Salah, Jota and Fabinho. Yeah, correct. Um, so I'd probably stick with Salah being the penalty uh, taker. Hopefully gets his revenge against Real Madrid. So the storyline... Um, and then I've got Benzema, Mbappe, Haaland. I don't think they're going to change that front three, to be honest, because I think that's going to be pretty much everyone's front three who's wild carding. Uh, I know a few people are saying they're going to leave Lewandowski in, but I I think it's pretty much confirmed that he's going to miss these ties, like this whole round of fixtures. So yeah. uh, you've, got tran- you've got five transfers before the semifinals start, so it's a good time to actually... You've got three transfers before the round, so yeah. If he comes back for the next game and you want him in, use your three transfers. Like ultimately, he'd be using them anyway, so why not? And you've got Mbappe there, and Lewandowski can't make it to the next round if Mbappe is there, and vice versa. Like if Mbappe gets knocked out, it means that Lewandowski made it through. So Mbappe up to Lewandowski just makes sense in terms of a transfer. Yeah. So um, and most I think of them have from... Haaland. So if mm-hmm. Haaland doesn't go through, which is what we expect, then that's easy to go there. Lots of easy, lots of easy moves. 
let's wrap that up there then, Aaron. Best of luck to you for the game week. As per usual, we will post our teams before the deadline on Twitter. That's UCL Fantasy Pod. So give us a follow. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We are on YouTube and we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Anyway, you can listen to podcasts. We're there. Best of luck to everyone for the game week. And we will see you for the review show next week. Good luck, everyone. Bye.